Good morning. 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 Good morning. Morning. Damn. <clears throat> Good morning, Brock. Welcome to your podcast that you have Thank you. with me. It's good, it's good oh, to have you wow. here. It's always good to be uh, welcome to your own podcast. I'm glad to have you on today. Um, I'm sure it's a rare treat for you. Um, it's it's a it's a it's a it's a pleasure. Um, I'm just here to promote my new uh, novel slash uh, prestige TV series. Um, I will be writing uh, seven uh, novels this 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 year and converting those to uh, hour and a half long TV uh, specials. Um, on that the fly. sounds. I'm. I'm completely agnostic to that. I've received no notes as to anything that you've done or who you are, largely. So um, I guess it's really up to you for the promotion. <laughs> that you're doing just as good a job pretending to be a terrible host as I am pretending to be a terrible <laughs> author. Yeah, I think yeah. the only difference is that they just mask those sentiments with uh, acceptable words. Oh, 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 boy! You 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 think that when uh, you watch a, a late night show or whatever, they're just just hiding a, a level of just like loathing and indifference to their guests? <laughs> is that- I don't think so. Although I did recently see something to that effect. Uh, there's news on at work, um, a lot. And, uh, it, so it wasn't like a proper late night talk show, but it was one of those like news talk shows that they have. Maybe you don't know because the TV isn't running or where you are all the time, but, Uh, yeah. um, anyways, the camera didn't cut and it was some guest who has some movie out, but it's like more like TV movies, so not as well-known people. And the camera didn't cut away to another segment like she thought. And so she's talking to the producer in her ear, and you can only hear one side of the conversation. Mm -hmm. And she's like, look, I don't... Okay, I'm sure she's been in a lot of stuff. I don't know anything. I don't know who (laughs) she is. Uh. (laughs) And then she, like, after about five seconds of this just comically turns to the camera that's pointing at her with a wide-eyed look of horror and then it cuts to some segment sublime uh my my mother-in-law was in town this weekend and we we introduced her we kind of caught her up on some some youtube videos uh she had never seen uh antoine dodson uh Ah. You know, they were just some some greatest hits of the last I don't know seven years of YouTube. But we also ended up watching a five or ten minute long uh, montage of local news segment screw ups. Um, that was very. I mean, everyone can unite over a good like innocuous someone like screwing up in live TV. It's it's a pleasure. I mean, has she seen Grape Lady? Mm. I didn't look up Grape Lady. I was surprised Grape Lady wasn't in this uh, because that's I think Grape Lady is is one of the original. That may uh, predate YouTube. It definitely predates YouTube okay. for sure. Um, you'd think it would show up in a in a, one of these montages. Maybe I was watching. Uh, maybe maybe this was montage two, and I didn't realize it. I was really seeing like the second tier of ah. um, the local news screw ups. <sighs> Boy, speaking of uh, screwing up live, um, as it were, uh, I uh, this this is so I went ahead and incremented the episode number um, without thinking about it. So we have an episode twenty nine that we just didn't we didn't publish, Uh, and I I thought about not talking about it, but then I decided to talk about it. Um, I think. well, what, what did we do? We, we ended up starting last week by talking about how I had, uh, um, and the, the nice thing about this is I don't have to be specific and I'll explain why in a second. Um, how I, how I had <laughs> Twitter uh, war, right? Exactly. So I had made us a, 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 a called out a band, a, a rock and roll band on Twitter. 
um, for something dumb I thought their lead singer said. I still think what he said was dumb, but again, that's not the important part here. Um, took him to task, I thought. In a general sense, band actually showed up, responded five minutes before, or fewer than five minutes before we started our show, um, which put me on edge in a way that I, in reflection, uh, it was more of an edge than I realized at the time. Um, stressed me out. I don't know. Like you, you don't you you. You put something on Twitter that's a funny joke at someone's expense. You don't normally expect that person to show up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, not that they took any uh, tremendous offense, but just that they acknowledged it at all, right, and, and attempted to kind of talk their way around it. Right. And I, you I, know, I, oh, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. I can. No, I just, I, I understand the feeling of um, being thrown into a, sort of chaotic state of, well, what's this about? And how am I supposed to do with this? Right, right. It was, it was a completely voluntary uh, chaos. Like I, uh, I didn't have to, and this was in reference to a, the band making some uh, kind of lazy political statements, I would say. And, um, and I, you know, I, I responded to the band kind of like firmed up my position with them um, in a way that did not, that felt like, uh, it felt pragmatically good, but not emotionally good to be like, well, actually, no, you guys are wrong and see you later. Like I may not come to your show anymore or whatever. Like the, that sort of like, um, crusade style anger is not my, uh, default state of being. I'm not. I don't like in in a in a confrontation. Uh, a a confrontation I didn't mean to have, but B pretty much any confrontation. I don't. Uh, I'm not the kind of person that uh, feels energized or righteous at the expense of the other person, um, even if it's a stranger uh, on Twitter. So we ended up talking for an hour and change about. Uh, political views and uh what do you what would you, i mean this is about like this specifically was about making america great again hats but it ended up being a whole conversation about um racism and how like broad the term is how broadly the term is used and whether that's helpful and a million other like you know it's a very large conversation uh, a lot of uh, very subtle and expansive issues talked about off the cuff. Very off the dome. Just just wrapping off the dome about very big uh, conversation topics. And part of this podcast is for sure for us to like catch up uh, over the years, compare notes on life, I believe I've said before. And, uh, and big topics are certainly not off the table, but I also like what I ended up doing. So I, Shannon listened to it and she sort of confirmed my fears that I, uh, came off a little, a little like less nuanced than I would prefer. And, uh, did most of the talking. She, one of the pieces of feedback she gave me pieces of feedback, like I put it in a manager meeting or something. She, you she, have, you have a PowerPoint. It's just one person's data point. Yeah. It's a, it's a circle. It's my pie chart. Um, she, my user testing session. Uh, so I was brought into Shannon's office and, uh, she gave me some feedback, which, um, was that I, she felt like I, uh, kind of steamrolled you a lot, right? Like I, I had, I had my, uh, sort of position and I didn't like take a breath, like stop and back up. So anyway, uh, so it, it was what I thought about after is that we don't, uh, I guess, owe anyone a podcast every week. Like it's, it's not that we don't want to have a podcast every week. But if I, you know, if we feel like the level of discourse is lowered and not raised by our take on a specific topic, um, the world doesn't necessarily need 
an hour of that. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Content is always good. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> that's right. Just keep talking and that's <laughs> anything is better than silence. No. I say, I'll say I listened to most of it. Um, I didn't give you any official feedback, I suppose. I, I would say for my part, um, I mean, like you said, we're never going to be as nuanced as we'd like to in this format on anything really uh, subtle or important. But also, I can see how my approach could exaggerate your frustration because I relentlessly try to pull back to... Um, my, my effort is to see the most reasonable thing that could be involved in the opposing viewpoint. Right. To In an effort to try to deal with the people who legitimately are thoughtful people that might have a discussion about your different approach to these issues, right? right. But it, it does feel a lot of times like even points that seem obviously um, able to rally behind as like a basic moral stance, I'm still trying to say, well, there's a different approach to it. Right. And uh, it can get um, exhausting eventually. Well, I, I think that um, I, I, I think that that, that sort of... Uh, lawful neutral slash chaotic good sort of uh dynamic that we have going on here uh is one of the interesting things about the podcast uh or you know it's man it's an interesting uh dynamic of our conversation like i i on the other hand am trying to balance uh strong like strong feelings and strong stances that i feel with like when to express those and how uh and also feeling out like try like re-examining why those haven't been strong stances the whole time and why some things that do seem like queer moral goods good goods core moral good Moral, moral goods could be like a thing. Moral goods, like <laughs> uh, it's. I, I'm trying to think of a store that only sold moral goods. Um. Anyway, the morals good. Uh, e- wow, I really lost myself there. Uh, what was I saying? Oh, so it's it, things that things that should be straightforward that in the 2018 are, it result in like hesitation from some people like concepts that, that should be something we can all rally behind and instead contain certain words that immediately create a partisan issue or whatever, where there shouldn't be one. Um, anyway, so I'm sitting here trying to, trying to play with the idea of being like, of, of just putting my foot down in certain areas. Um, but ultimately the whole conversation was colored by my attempting to do that in a forum where I wasn't prepared for the, like the actual dynamic that happened. Right. Like I, I ended up like having a kind of a weird day because I was like, I ended up, you know, in that, I guarantee you the guy, the Norm, Norman Jean dude already forgot this conversation. Right. But it was eating away at me. Mm-hmm. And then the the podcast was this like a uh, hour and a half of like escalation of that feeling uh of just like um you you you're already sort of um you've kind of doubled down on not the the validity of your own stance but the uh the how you're going to defend it and why um and all of a sudden it's you know it's tiring to think about um so to look back on it, uh, one thing I ended up doing this week uh, that you might appreciate is I, I deleted my tweets. Oh, yeah, not my not my Twitter, but my tweets. All uh, right, yeah, and, and and that uh gave you some rest, maybe. I think, 
what it did was so what what all of this started to come around to and like is is we were talking about uh not the you know the inherent validity of our conversation existing but the meaningfulness of our conversation being posted online and i went i started looking at my my timeline and notice it's a you know if you in a vacuum taking my timeline and not knowing me I was using Twitter as a um, sort of like a outlet for frustration about things I feel legitimately frustrated about, which by all means, people should have outlets for things they're legitimately frustrated about. But um, it's also a, it also as a sort of corpus of stress is an inaccurate representation of what it's like to know me as a person. Um, Right. But it's, by far the most widely publicized version of you. Right, exactly. Well, yeah, pretty much. I guess it is, huh? So, like, um, it's, yeah, because my Facebook is empty because... Wait, I'm, so when I'm, you said you deleted your tweets, like, uh-huh. all the ones you've ever made or just yeah. the ones about the band? No, all the ones I ever made. Oh. I downloaded my. I downloaded the, the CSV or whatever, and then I, then I uh, scorched earth policy to 10.7... Or thousand tweets or something, ten thousand, yeah, something like that. Ten point seven k. Ten thousand tweets. Ten thousand tweets. I've had the Twitter a long time. I, I have no idea how I even got to ten thousand tweets. Um, <sighs> that's in, that's epic. I mean, this feels like a big deal now that you put it that way. Uh, well, the thing is, once you do it, it's not because then there's no tweets. <laughs> I, <laughs> you just deleted your history. No, I didn't. I deleted a, uh, a a series of tiny decisions that I don't have to drag around in a bag behind me through life. Mm. You know. Well, I'm proud of you. Oh, thank you. I it was it was w- weird for a I second, mean, and then it just wasn't <laughs> because like I am I don't need tweets from when I was 26 and frustrated about something. I don't need to tweets from when I was frustrated about something a week ago. Like these are not right. And, um, well, and to clarify, I'm not claiming that there's some absolute good about handling your Twitter that way um, <laughs> at all. I'm I'm impressed that you thought through it and took an action that was not a completely uh, easy action on your part to improve your situation. Well, it was not. It was not impulsive for sure. It was. It's. It is a uh, question of like, um, not the validity of what one has to say, but like um, being more choosy about when to say it and in in like the medium and all, all this other stuff, right? Like the it isn't that I'm that I feel any less strongly about the band's dumb t- tweet that they said dumbly. Uh, but it's the, (laughs) it's that like calling them out on Twitter felt bad and the dialogue, like that is not an area for dialogue that I'm sure there are plenty of people in plenty of rock bands who have had dumb tweets and like, I am not the arbiter of a, a stranger's Twitter, no matter how much of a public figure that stranger is. So will you continue to tweet, um, but you'll be mo- you'll be trying to modify the things you use it for. Is that your plan? I, it's sort of. I, I'm already. I mean, I haven't. What's funny is since doing that like mid last week, um, I have responded to some people and had like short conversations with people whom I know on Twitter, and then I have, um, you know, I use it to read. But like, I haven't had a single thing to say that I felt I just needed to say to uh, like the general, my bot populace bot and then like <laughs> the, the cloud of bots and inactive accounts yeah, that follow me. Sometimes Twitter feels like, yeah, like you're just yelling an idea on a street. Like something comes into your head and you start saying it really loudly. Right. Which um, is, I mean, it's a good avenue for like absurdist humor and stuff and yeah. also for existential fear and all the other things. But like it is not at least my Twitter account. And this is the other thing. This is about controlling 
your own uh your own narrative a little bit right it's about saying like i don't there is not any sort of uh external force dictating my use of twitter i do not owe a tweet to you know every anyone and all in the you know the i'm not there to evangelize uh i my twitter is you know however many actual real you know ignoring the majority of inactive accounts or whatever it's a people who voluntarily choose to follow me and those people probably like what am i really accomplishing by making sure that they see this headline about what uh, you know Rudy, Rudy Giuliani getting getting owned or something like it's not the, i'm not a news source i guess <laughs> well <laughs> i guess it depends um i use twitter exclusively for gathering information from you know broadly different sources right so i would say that sometimes i'll see you retweet things that i definitely wouldn't otherwise see but you know yeah and like uh, maybe i'll maybe i'll retweet a thing again who knows uh in this <laughs> in this clean slate that i have i just i feel like i uh I didn't realize it was happening. And then I went back and looked at the timeline and it was almost exclusively retweeting news and complaining about things. Um, and I just, and, and, I'm, and I realized like, you should just refocus that on Shannon. So everything you would have normally done on Twitter, just start text spamming. <laughs> I do that. Wife. I, I do that to her anyway. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh so that's that's the twitter uh I feel like it was uh you know we i reevaluating some of that stuff felt good um having a uh giant sweeping thing that I could do about it also felt nice uh episode twenty nine forever in the can probably again, not that either of us said anything I think we would ultimately regret. It is, or anything, not even anything close to that. It was, yeah, it didn't get out of hand. Neither of us were outed as some kind of extremist. No, it was just, uh, it was, I left feeling like more out of control of like, or not out of control, but like unsatisfied with the way I delivered my thoughts. And the more I thought about it, the more I was just like, I don't, uh, there's no requ- like external requirement that I put this online, which I guess, you know, that's the through line with Twitter is like the, um, the, it's a luxury, I guess, of not being a person who, you know, has 400,000 Twitter followers in a media job or something that like, I don't have to, um, if I don't think I don't have to post something, if I don't think it's going to raise the level of discourse or be, you know, overall a net positive <clears throat> see we need more people thinking through things like this you know it's ultimately unsatisfying to say that because it feels like a cop-out but it's actually true <laughs> well i don't think it, it sounds like a cop-out because there's that's it's not something that you can just throw away with a word i mean you can only delete ten thousand tweets every decade (laughs) that's true you know you don't have another thing or you have few other things that you have that much um put into so yeah yeah don't don't remind me that i i can only have this like satisfying sweeping decision one time next time i need to do something (laughs) like this i have nothing i have i don't have ten thousand of anything else to delete i'm i'm out of cam's gonna get addicted to it and (laughs) just start trying to dump things like Honey, where's the couch? I've had enough of this couch. <laughs> I've made poor decisions. <laughs> Why is the garden burning? <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't have planted so many jalapenos. Mm. That's a wonderful transition because I wanted to talk about garden things. Uh, oh, well, yeah. it's this is the right place. Um, pause. Okay. Okay, I'll be right back. All right, this is uh, Cameron and Brock are two people, a podcast in which Cameron and Brock are two people. Please email us at CameronandBrock at gmail.com for any questions or feedback uh, that you may have. 
we've had a total of, I think, one email ever. I might set us up an 800 number and take voicemails. Uh, I think that would be cool. Um, can't certainly can't hurt to to um, open it up to the to the voicemail crowd because everyone loves a voicemail, right? Uh, so, well, let's see about that next week uh, here on Cameron and Brock are two people. Thank you for listening. Hope you're having a good day. I've got some coffee here. I would go get a refill of coffee, but then there'd be nobody talking to you. And then I would have to edit out all the silence, and I'm not doing that because it's a pain in the butt. Uh, we're also accepting uh, uh, theme song submissions, uh, motto submissions. Uh, if you have any sort of T-shirt or logo ideas, any sort of merchandising opportunities, please Cameron Rocket Two People uh, at Gmail dot com. Um, this is episode number thirty of uh, potentially uh, hundreds of episodes. Um, we'll do something celebratory for our one year anniversary here coming up in episode 52, only 22 episodes away here on Cameron and Brock are two people, the podcast in which Cameron and Brock are two people. Oh my gosh. I might actually have to edit out something. I can't keep vamping to no one. Oh, I hear sounds. Do you hear sounds? I'm approaching. Okay. I, I did my best. To, about talking the whole time. I think I may have committed to making an, an 800 number and taking voicemails. Oh, um, yeah. No, I'm totally down with that. So anyways, um, a cornucopia of jalapenos. Um, <laughs> I don't suppose you can have that. I think it has to be different things. But all right, whatever. No, I think a cornucopia is just the um, the corn-shaped basket. I think the horn-shaped basket? Yeah, you could have a cornucopia of like golf balls. I don't think it matters. I thought it had something to do with it overflowing. Well, um, let's not worry about actual. Well, that, that's just because it's a terrible basket. It's sideways. <laughs> that's just like the nature of a cornucopia basket is you can't put anything into it without it overflowing. Right, exactly. Yeah, cornucopia is a garbage basket. Um, actually, it'd be a bad garbage basket because then all the garbage would be spelling out onto your floor. Um, so, uh, what, so tell me about, um, okay, I guess I'll open since we're talking about jalapenos. My garden narrative, very short because my garden's very small. You're the one with all the fancy plants and the, the persimmons and the, no, wait, the, uh, pomegranates and things like that. Uh, oh, oh, I got a, I got a baby to talk to you. One second. Hello. Okay. Yes. Cornucopia, an ornamental container shaped like a goat's horn. Definition two, an abundant supply of good things of a specified kind. Okay, so, so it's it's a goat's go. horn? Well, shaped like a goat's horn, so that's right. But it is also an abundant supply of good things of a specified kind. Oh, okay. Oh, of a specified kind. So it doesn't have to be... The, the variety is not an important part of this. As long as the things are good, that's... Right, so you can't have a cornucopia of um, jerks, or for instance. <laughs> I mean, oh my goodness! Did I? Did I what? Did you put those archer's markers in the sink? Yes, I did. I cleaned up archer's markers into a cup. Could you please uh, go hang out with mommy? Please, please. I could get a def- another different cup. I like that cup, though. All right, go talk to mommy. Give me a high five. All right, see you later. All right. Um, so I have jalapeno plants. I actually just harvested a, a, a crap ton of jalapenos off my jalapeno plants. Uh, generally speaking, all we end up using them for is uh, slicing them in half, filling them with cream cheese, and wrapping them in bacon. It's a noble cause. Yeah. Oh, she's so I, annoying. Um, yeah. Okay, thank you, baby. Oh, she's telling me some of my jalapenos are really fat and some of them are really long, which is accurate. Thank you, Felix. That's an, I think that's an important add to the conversation. Um, <laughs> the jalapenos, yeah. So if you grow more than two or three plants, you're going to have an excess. And the bacon cheese versions are... A way to use lots of them in a delicious manner. Well, that's uh, you can yeah. pickle them. 
I, um, I have pickled them before, and the problem with what happens with pickled anything in my house is I pickle it, and then it sits in the fridge for two years, and <laughs> that's that. <laughs> and then you're like, I don't think this is safe to eat. Um, yeah, pickled jalapenos. I, every time I've done that, even when I've stripped out the cores and stuff, um, they have been significantly spicier than like your store brand pickled jalapenos. Um, yeah, so they, don't, they um, end up not getting used. Throwing them into other pickles uh, is also a good idea. Oh, so not- you got cucumbers, and you throw like one diced jalapeno in there, and you've got these delightfully spicy. Pickles. Well, that's certainly what mo- more of what we end up using them for is, um, you know, you take one, you throw it in some lettuce wrap, you know, some Thai beef, or you take one and you, uh, um, there's a savory uh, oatmeal recipe that I make all the time that's got like almond butter and banana and, uh, and paprika and a bunch of other stuff in it. And it and you dice a jalapeno on, over the top of your oatmeal. Whoa, spicy yeah. oatmeal! I've never mm-hmm. conceived of such a thing. Yeah, it's if you do it the full nine, it's an Edward Lee thing. It's uh, ah, the, yes, yes. And it's it's a uh, you end up with this like a uh, really savory. Well, it's not totally savory because you're also throwing in like brown sugar and honey and stuff. But you dice a jalapeno and an apple over the top, and it is a delight. Um. But yes, the vast majority of our jalapenos are, are just used to uh, to make one or two big platters of of excuse to eat a bunch of cream cheese with bacon. <laughs> uh, That's a long way around the boy. I wish I could eat more cream cheese legitimately. Problem. I mean, we plenty of our foods exist solely to allow us to eat an improper amount of some other food. Context around food is incredibly important. I we I may have talked on about this on the podcast for a second before, but I think like the way you present food for some reason has a like a pretty large effect on how healthy someone thinks something is. Like you have your plate oh, of yeah. like hors d'oeuvres with like little slices of um little slices of summer sausage and cheese and bread. And that's, you're like, ooh, a little plate of hors d'oeuvres, how nice. But if you were to melt all that together, it's same exact ingredients melted together, people would be like, oh, I don't want to eat a sausage grilled cheese sandwich right now. It's like, all you do is heat up the same ingredients. This is so greasy. You know, it's just not sitting well because it's so greasy. Right. And then they'll eat the um, room temperature congealed version and be like, oh, how delightful. Right, the pre-congealed, pre-greasy. Felix, listen to me. Could you please go hang out with mommy in the bedroom? I'm not, I can't, I can't, you're rolling plastic golf balls around the living room. This cannot stand. Oh, I couldn't even hear it. Oh, I could very much hear it. Uh, it's, uh, I'm sure it came through. Well, please. might I... Thank you, baby. Su- might okay. I suggest... Uh, for culinary use, mm-hmm. finding some Thai chili pepper seeds um, and sprouting those. Now, obviously, your climate's quite different, but uh, your your growing season should be enough to get a good harvest of Thai chilies. Uh, we've um, we, I've actually grown Thai chilies before. Um, oh. Get get. I'm definitely going to edit this out. She just <laughs> keeps going. Yes, just don't go in this room. All right, there she goes. Um, the uh, Yeah, I've grown... I, I tried growing uh, bird's eye chilies here last year, and the plant just didn't do much. It was very small. I, the problem well, here, too, is the like, dirt quality is all over the place. But, yeah, go ahead. Well, I, so <laughs> certain, quote, Thai chilies make these little quarter inch size berry looking things yeah that's the one yeah no so that's not the version i'm talking about you're There's talking about like the ones that are like pointy right they look kind of like cayenne one yeah, yeah, yeah. well yeah. yeah they grow vertically and they're like a short cayenne pepper i've i've grown those as well oh, okay. um yeah we used to the thing is with the kids um like they they have pretty good palates and they handle spicy spicy ish foods but we ended up um, usually we'll we'll like get let a jalapeno get red and use a, a red jalapeno instead of the Thai because it's not mm-hmm. quite as spicy. Oh my no, gosh! I, you were adorable, but you need to leave. 
No. I do not know where your dollies are. I'm sorry. Maybe check with your mother and watch a TV show with her or whatever you normally do that causes this to not happen. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, so I also grew this year uh, something called a culapino. Have we talked about my culapino? That sounds very made up. <laughs> well, it is. It is. Uh, I I thought that as well, which is why I had to buy one and see what happened. It is a non-spicy jalapeno. Um, so it's like a skinny bell pepper. Well, that's what I discovered <laughs> <laughs> after after growing a jalapeno. And our, my kids are all excited. They're like, "Ooh, it's a you know, it's a jalapeno, but it's not spicy because they think they don't like spicy foods." But like yeah. I said, they actually have a pretty high threshold for spicy food. They just don't realize it. Um, the, uh, the culapino creates a narrow bell pepper. It just tastes exactly like a bell pepper, but it's one eighth the size. It's not a useful product. (laughs) (laughs) You could try growing poblanos, but your climate might not. I I have, um, so in my other bed, so one of my beds is, is four jalapeno plants or actually three, or it might be three jalapenos and a culapino or four jalapenos. Opinions. I don't know. It's a lot. Um, uh, the other bed, because I wanted to do more than one tray in my, in my during the summer of of uh, bacon and cream cheese jalapenos. I always feel like I could use like one or two more jalapeno plants than I have. Uh, so the other bed is um, two poblanos, uh, two different colors of bell pepper, and a banana pepper plant. Um. But that bed, I don't know if I didn't do as good job with the um, mixing in the topsoil or the pH or something, something. But those plants all took a long time to get going. Like they, I thought they were going to die pretty early on. Like everything just looked kind of sickly. And now they're growing because I gave them a bunch of fish fertilizer, which is good for growing leaves in like the height of a plant. But they still have not given me a single damn pepper all summer. <laughs> um, so I, I don't know. I don't know if like early on they lost a lot of the bottom branches and stuff. So I'm, mm. I'm like, at this point they're kind of stalky and I'm wondering if I'm going to get like, there are some blossoms on there, but I'm wondering if I'm going to get any peppers at all out of that stuff. They get pretty tall. I could send you pictures of poblanos from my garden. Um, isn't that just gloating? I mean, I know what a poblano looks like. Thank you, Brock. No, I just wanted to offer it in a way that it sounded like I was trying to help you out while definitely uh, bragging. Right. So I can, maybe if you send me that picture, I can Photoshop it into my poblano pepper plant and then post (laughs) that on. Send me that picture. Oh, wait. Yeah. I was going to post it on Instagram, kind of control that narrative a little bit. Um, Yeah. Let's move to Instagram. uh, Instagram. Weirdly healthy social media at least at at least my instagram the 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 weird thing about instagram i don't really want to talk about it but like they the instagram silos you so heavily into whatever it is that you follow that like i'm sure there's like garbage on instagram but since there's no real in retweeting like Mm -hmm. i i only like everyone's explore tab is totally different like shannon's explore tab is completely different than mine mine's all like Weirdly, most of my Instagram is skateboard stuff, even though I don't follow any skateboard people. It's like skateboards, tattoos, and then people slicing meat really slowly. It's like my whole... <laughs> my whole That's your life, tattoo. Kim. It's not. It's Maybe a, it's a life suggestion. Maybe think, you should take up skateboarding again. Because, uh, you know, we were skateboarders once. Were you part of that? <laughs> I ollied. I may have ollied moving one time. Skateboarding wasn't... Yeah, it was much your thing. I was no. pretty into it there for a while. I didn't have the pain threshold or the like determination to actually do it. I wanted to real bad, um, but like, yeah, I I, uh, did, I lacked some combination of determination and uh, and physical coordination. Uh, I I can I uh, had the physical coordination and the interest, and I was fairly determined but there there's this really strong streak in me of self-preservation i never could the people who are just amazingly good even at a low amateur level you could just tell they didn't have that 
switch in their brain that was like major consequences from this action are not something I'm willing to risk. They just sort of did things, and I was uh, never able to overcome that switch. Oh, and like our our, our buddy Steve, who was like I was res- thinking resident exactly. good skateboarder. I he ollied off of uh, um, a loading dock that we were hanging out at one time and broke his wrist. And that was that was it for me. That was like it was already like it wasn't like I was considering ollieing off of anything. Uh, but like that was like <laughs> that was the end of your skateboarding. It career. was just a it was just a cherry on top of just like I all right like even to get like youth group good involves potentially breaking your wrist like this, i'm True. not doing this uh so anyway my instagram tab is like a uh, weirdly large amount of skateboard tricks which all that means i think is that i'm like skateboarder adjacent you know instagram's like all right ah, yeah you know you follow all these people well check it out we went one like branch over on this tree and it's all skateboarders and like novelty meets um, boy, Instagram food cult. I I wish that I could somehow block all steak being sliced wrong out of my Instagram. Because like, have you had? Have, I, I don't know if you even go to wrong. Some, a lot of people don't even go to the Explore tab, which is the uh, probably the proper way I've, to use I, Instagram. I know it exists, but yeah. not often. Um, a big thing on Instagram is like, I took this piece of Wagyu beef or this like huge steak or whatever, and then they're going to grill it for you. Or like, there's just this shockingly large piece of meat, whatever. Mm. And they'll, they'll grill it. And then the end of the video is always them like proving to you how perfect this thing is. And it's always, they just cut it straight in half. They just cut it straight in half. Half of like half of Instagram food culture is just taking foods and cutting them wrong because it's about showing the viewer how sexy the food is. Like no one, there's never an Instagram video of a guy like picking up a sandwich and taking a big bite out of it. Like there's never a face. It's these weirdly clinical videos of like, some like super ridiculous dish, like a sandwich or usually yes, sandwich or steak. Yes, I, and, I encountered this on like Reddit food things. Oh yeah, yeah, and it's there's no human. It's it's this. Um, it's like clinical is the only way I could think of to describe it. They're just like dissecting this steak to prove how good it is to you. It's weird. Hmm. Um. Anyway, tell me about your garden because mine's just mine's just narrow <laughs> bell peppers and 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 pepper plants that aren't growing anything and some herbs. I have a lot of jalapenos. If we're going to go ahead and pretend like the first half of the word should mean hot, hmm. And uh, actually, I haven't used so many of those. Um, I have some bird's eye. Thai chili peppers, which are absolutely useless to me, or I haven't figured out how to use them. Those are the little short ones, right? Yeah, maybe I just haven't made the effort, but they I look like a honest, hassle. I grew it last year. It grew this cute little tiny plant with a zillion little peppers that are all that were all the size of blueberries, and I didn't use a single one. It looked very pretty, but like, yeah, it's it's. What, what it, do you do? With it these? I think is actually grown as an ornamental a lot of times. Oh. Anyways. Uh, got a lot of stuff. Chili de Arbaugh. I have those this year for the first time. I dried a whole bag of them and will, in some future scenario, use them in cooking. That's cool. Uh, and I'll probably make a lot of powder out of a lot of those peppers and use I, it in cooking. Are you drying the them in the smoker or the oven? Uh, I have a dehydrator. Oh. I was oh. gifted. Cool. And, um... Let's see. I have sugar cane. I wasn't sure it would come back this year properly, um, but it has. And I'm trying to decide what to do with it. All my attempts to convince other people to buy a legit sugar press have failed. Hmm. Uh, a sugar cane press, which admittedly, it was a stretch to try to convince random people to buy a $1,000 piece of machinery that only 
squeezes juice out of sugar cane, which they don't already grow. But That's just because you're not using your imagination. I'm sure that sugar cane crust would squeeze juice out of all sorts of things. I, <laughs> all of my attempts failed. But I'll probably spend a whole day trying to make cane sugar out of that. I'm I'm looking at a commercial manual sugar cane sugar cane press, quote unquote, on eBay for hundred eighty nine dollars and five cents. Hmm. I, yeah, the man. A, a manual. What's it involved? <laughs> it looks like an old fashioned uh, sewing machine, sort of. It's got this big wheel on the side with a handle. It's. It looks to me. Okay, here's a three thousand dollar one that looks automatic, but it looks to me like you're not willing to put in eight hundred dollars worth of elbow grease. And press yourself to sugarcane the old-fashioned way. All right. Well, I, I don't know me, what I'm talking about. To be clear, just send me. Just send me. Don't send me the link. Just buy it for me. Send it to me. You'll receive uh, your own quarter ounce of cane syrup. I'm, that sounds worth it. Uh, oh nope. This one says manual commercial juicer sugarcane ginger press juicer. So maybe maybe like I said. You can start uh-huh. sort of expanding your palette of things that can be uh, pressed within. Okay, there's a lot of these. You just haven't looked. Okay, I'll just look up press. I grew ginger last year, and it's actually not that hard to grow. This one yeah. is a quote cast iron brass hand press extractor dry squid sugar cane. So maybe you could squish a squid. In there. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> that's what it says. I'm not clicking on it. But that's the uh, eBay listing title as the word squid. Well, in there. that is certainly not going to convince anyone else to spend money on this thing. Uh, nope. <laughs> no, it's I tried just about to grow, possibility. That's all. I tried to grow water chestnuts last year. Yeah, why? It, well, I don't know because who knows where those things come from. That is a good question. And uh, I did it, sort of. It, they're, they're weird. It was a little off-putting. They grow like what can only be described as they look like little mussel shells. Like imagine uh, the seafood mussel, right? Yeah, yeah. A little black shell. And they're all growing under the soil, which has to stay constantly wet, which at least water chestnut is sort of an accurate description. Because they also sort of look like a nut that's growing under this constant soggy soil so they're not a nut Mm. well this doesn't make me feel better about water chestnuts well i don't know uh is a peanut a nut no it's a legume well there you go these are probably not nuts Mm, i'm looking Um, it up i get my phone's still open so i'm i gotta stop uh this because this isn't helping the podcast oh it's not a nut at all but an aquatic vegetable (laughs) right so that makes sense Oh, anyway, I had a bunch of these little black-looking shells that I was supposed to cure in some manner and crack and process. And, uh, yeah, I was just... The growing part I was satisfied with. I know where they come from. If I feel like having one in a salad, I'll go buy one. Mm, I, I can't say that I have ever had a dish that was, has been improved by the addition of water chestnuts. <laughs> Maybe it's a acquired oh, it's texture. Cer- certainly acquired. Um, the, I'm sorry. I I wanted. I have a water chestnut story, but I first want to point out that that the water chestnut uh, Wikipedia page linked me to something called a water caltrop. Uh, what like a thing to stop horses from charging at you? <laughs> yeah, it's also known by a lot of other things, but it, it looks like a water chestnut, the shape of like a fancy mustache. It's like a weirdly like curvy spiked nut. And I was going to joke that you should grow these, but then there is not a section on this Wikipedia page about food uses, but there is a section about how they transmit intestinal flukes. Um, so don't grow water caltrops for a number of reasons. <laughs> Okay, uh, blacklist. My my family uh my family gets very rural out to the um rural Louisiana area. Uh like I've I attempted to grow sugarcane one time and all I really did was bury sugarcane and then have it rot in the ground. Um but the uh out in uh deep rural Louisiana when I was a kid, we, my mom brought a dish to a pot, a family potluck. 
Um, and uh, it was a, uh, you know, just some uh, uh, cream spinach, right? A big old tray of cream spinach, a, a Pyrex dish full of it. And she'll put uh, sliced water chestnuts in her cream spinach. And that's just, you know, a throw-together dish you bring to a potluck. And uh, some people complimented her on her cream spinach and then asked her why she put them raw potatoes in there. <laughs> so that's my water Did they story. really say potatoes? They probably didn't say raw potatoes. I don't know. This was Jackson, Louisiana, I think. It was way out there. But, yeah, sure, you're right. I shouldn't have... I, I shouldn't have... Uh, uh, thrown a fake accent onto there. There was plenty of real accent to go around at the time. <laughs> yeah, you could have mumbled through it, and I would have uh, gone with that. Well, at least I didn't say taters, raw taters. Um, anyway, they didn't know what a water chestnut was. Well, eh. Yeah. They, I don't uh, think they're missing anything. Exactly. Was there not the worst <laughs> off for that? I do have a lot of pomegranates. Uh, which took years and years to just, for some reason, for it to properly set fruit. Isn't but that a I'm, normal fruit tree thing? It takes like a really long time? Some fruit trees, some not. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think in general, mature trees are more likely to be able to sustain fruit. Citrus has a very interesting habit of just overshooting every time. It... it, it the smaller your citrus tree, the more absurd it is to watch it try to grow fruit. Like if you get a, a grapefruit tree that's in its second year, it might be not quite chest high on you. And it's trying to grow full grapefruit on a <laughs> uh, like a half inch diameter branch. And it's just slowly trying to rip its own branches off. Is it, it's. I feel like we're farther down the line to that Woody Allen movie where there's all the giant fruit in the farm. Uh, which movie is that? It's Sleeper, I think. Oh yeah, the future. Yeah. It, then we realize, like I, uh, uh, it, whenever you, you you see one of those graphics, it's like here's what an ear of corn used to look like, and it's like the size of your finger, and it does. And now the ears of corn, like once you start realizing that a lot of our oh yeah. Plants corn used like, to be grass. <laughs> yeah, a lot of our plants are just like grotesque abominations. <laughs> what they yeah, like were. munching on an ear of rice. The grains like uh, right. We sized through like the hundreds of years of screwing with a plant's genetics. We've created a, a the. <laughs> A uh, like a strawberry used to be the size of a blueberry, and now it's this massive bulging red juice thing. And then like, wait, frig- is that true? Or yeah, are you yeah. Making w- that like when you see like wild strawberries, that's what strawberries actually looked like before we oh, started like domesticating them. Quaint, right? And now you're talking about these fruit trees, and now I'm thinking like the maybe a, like I believe a grapefruit. I just learned the other day a grapefruit, grapefruit is a hybrid. Is a hybrid. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, originally maybe all these fruit trees grew, like, a sensible amount of fruit, but now they are these, like, fruit-laden hell trees, and the tree's just growing, and all of a sudden it's just sprouting fruit everywhere because it's, it's been mangled so badly by the <laughs> genetic pool that it's like, kill me! <laughs> it's, like, got a, 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 a mental instability. It's like, I can't stop. It can't. It can't. Actually, it can't. Very pertinent. The crowning jewel of my backyard, as determined by myself, I don't know who else is determining it, is a massive grapefruit tree. And I say massive just because if you're familiar with grapefruit trees, it's largest one I've ever seen. It's got to be 30, 40 feet tall. I remembered this tree from the last time I was at your house, which was, I want to say your oldest kid was probably like three. It was probably yeah, I mean, it's been five there. years ago. Yeah. Yeah. It, it creates hundreds of grapefruit, multiple hundreds of grapefruit every year. And some of which I can never even get to. Um, but just imagine that. A grapefruit's pretty big. Yeah. So it's... I can't use it. I haven't even figured out how to use all that grapefruit. But I mean, yeah. you, you you sell them. I mean, do you want to take a bucket of them to the church or something, or like? Go- I do. This is exactly what I, do. I have. Like laundry baskets, uh, the big yard size trash bags. 
<laughs> full to the brim, just put them in my car and tell anyone everywhere I go, hey, you want grapefruit? And the general response is one of two things. One is like, oh, that's cool. I really can't stand grapefruit, though. <laughs> and somebody else, like, hearing part of the conversation down the aisle and, like, zipping over and saying, wait, do you say you had grapefruit? And so people tend to either like or dislike grapefruit. And the people who like it know that it's like a dollar a piece. And I say, yeah, you can have as many as you want. And then they just, <laughs> they're like prepping for the grapefruit apocalypse. <laughs> they just like carry off as many as they can hold. Well, like, it's a weird, like, I could see like a lemon or a lime tree, right? Like, the, you, there's a zillion uses for lemons and limes. I wish that I just kind of had a dispenser in my house for lemons and limes because of how often we just like squeeze a lemon onto a salad or whatever. But like, and an orange is like, oh, well, you know, we'll get a bunch and we'll give it to the kids for snacks and send them in the backyard. But a grapefruit is a food, a fruit that is like, so in our house, occasionally a grapefruit will show up and what'll happen is it'll sit there until it is old and then it'll get thrown away. <laughs> and then eventually <laughs> a single other That's grapefruit will appear. Yeah. Well, yeah, if I did compost. But like there's, there was a, I don't think it's gone now, but there was a grapefruit in our house for a while, because Shannon will, you know, uh, sort of uh, buy a grapefruit, I guess, in the in the uh, sort of an aspirational breakfast food. Um, but ultimately, like it's, you, the, the most anyone's eating of a grapefruit is half of it, right? Well, you're going to cut it in half, do the whole thing where you like slice it up um, inside of it, and then you're going to eat it with, you know, as sort of like an accompaniment to your actual breakfast. Um, yeah, I, if I, if my, if I had a lime tree, like the grapefruit tree, I would probably be ecstatic, but that's not how lime trees grow. And in fact, many of mine have died over the years because of their sensitivity to climate. So I've been reduced to growing a small key lime tree that I can carry inside in a (laughs) large container when necessary put a little robe on it but Um, i love my key limes yeah no that's that's the see that's ideal um the the grapefruit i'm i think that like even if i were determined to up my grapefruit in in like intake significantly i would still probably only be eating like under uh, you know in the dozens of grapefruit a year like the idea of having trash bags full of great grapefruit i can't think of many fruits that i want it's a trash comical. bag of less <laughs> you can you can you can i think our best efforts so far have been to juice them in large quantities and um freeze the juice because grapefruit juice is actually a good mixer in a lot of I was gonna various say, applications grapefruit juice and gin is all right Right, like, um, so that's useful. Uh, but yeah, I think one time we had we counted up, we gathered five hundred at once, and that was just the ones we gathered uh, that day. So, wow, not going to use that many. Um, but I have far fewer pomegranates, but they're accessible now. The great. pomegranate tree, I feel like, is there solely to make the grapefruit seem like a more practical fruit. <laughs> like you. Well, okay. I mean, here's the problem with the pomegranates: is the tree. I'm sure there's ways of trimming them, um, but I've seen pictures. They all have this tendency. It's like they have no idea how to tree. Or bush. Like, they're neither, and they're both. They just sort of grow from a very low base, really long, bendy stalks, and they just keep doing it. So it's like a bad fountain. It just sort of falls everywhere. So I'm very unimpressed by their aesthetic appearance after they're old enough to produce fruit well again they're probably yeah i'm looking at one here it looks like a, someone like took five crepe myrtles and tied them together um 
I think that's the tree. I'm, I, I tried to make a tree joke, and now I'm wondering if I'm even referencing the right tree. Yeah, these look wacky. <laughs> I do like assigning uh, so, some kind of animated thought process to plants, because they all do appear to have a sort of a personality. And a pomegranate bush slash tree personality would be sort of like, what am I doing? <laughs> this tree seems stressed out. Um, of course, again, the, uh, going with our uh, our our narrative that all these trees are genetic like disasters, this tree seems way more uh, disastrous. Like the grapefruit tree, just seems like it's on. It's it's the uh, it's the uh, left fielder uh, suspended for using HGH of trees or something. It's just a big giant. Well, oh, it's like, like a bro tree, freakishly big. It's like tree. you want fruit, bro. <laughs> yeah. It just starts throwing like fruit so large it can actually injure you. Yeah, and the pomegranate just seems like somebody strung out on something, just freaking. <laughs> oh, out. okay, yeah, yeah. Like, hey, man, I got this thing growing on me. <laughs> no, no, trust me. It's full of, look, you got to open it underwater, man. <laughs> <laughs> Oddly. Stupid tree. 